Welcome. This is Pastor Michael Petit from Calvary Chapel, Divine, Texas. We want to thank you for taking time to listen to our Sun, Salt, and Light broadcast. We want you to know and grow in the Son, S-O-N, Jesus Christ, and be the salt and the light. We'd like to thank you so much for taking time to listen to this broadcast. We simply teach the Bible verse by verse and chapter by chapter, and we believe that God changes a life one verse at a time. I'd like to personally invite you out to come and see the church. Uh, it is a very casual atmosphere, and uh, but we do take the Word of God very seriously. We meet in a non-traditional church building. We actually meet at the BFW 3966 in Divine, Texas. It's located at 211 West College Avenue, big white building right next to the post office. Our service times are on Sunday when we go through the New Testament uh, at 10 a.m. And then on Wednesday nights at 6.30 p.m. we go through the Old Testament. Uh, We have children's ministry available for both services. And if you need to get more information on the church, you can go to calvarydivine.org. Today, if you have your Bible ready, we'll be in the book of Mark, chapter 16, verses 1 through 20, as we continue this verse-by-verse study. The title of this sermon is, Full Send, Tell Them About Jesus. Here's the second half and conclusion of the book of Mark with Pastor Michael Petit. Then you have the grammatical. This is a funny one because you can do this with any book. The grammatical says that 17 words, these 17 words are not used in the book of Mark anywhere. Well, guess what? I can do that with anything. That's, that's an argument that doesn't float because I can take the verse 8 verses that we went through and those, were, those words aren't used in the book of Mark. Some of those aren't used. And so that's, that's not really an argument. The other would be the theological approach. And this is where we have to be careful. Because it, we have to remember that there are people that still believe that Jesus Christ is the only way. That you have to repent of your sins. You ask Christ into your heart. You believe in the resurrection. You're sealed with the Holy Spirit, right? But they believe that those verses don't go because they don't believe in the Spirit of God moving the way that it did in the early church. So you have some major commentary authors who don't have it in their Bibles. And, and, and it's because it has nothing to do. One of those guys attacked Pastor Chuck after he had passed away. And, and uh, you know, talked about how the Holy Spirit wasn't moving the same way. And I, I don't agree with that. And so with the, with the, the, the theological perspective is, is what you deal with is you deal with them saying that we don't believe that the gifts of the spirits operate that way today. And so they just discard it. And that's, that's not true either. If we look at the theological argument of it, there are three of the early church fathers, Justin Martyr, Tatine, and, and Irenus, all quoted the last half of Mark's gospel. They're all been, it's all there. So, with that being said, I want to make sure I went over that, because if you've got the italics in there that's not in your, your version, I want to make sure you understand that God's word is inerrant, it's without error, everything that needs to be in it is in it. Let's get to our second point. Now let's get to verse 9. Uh, verse 9 says, Now when he arose early on the first day of the, of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene, out of whom he had cast seven demons. She went and told those who had been with him as they mourned and wept. And when they heard that he was alive he had, uh, and had been seen by her, they did not believe. So he chooses Mary, Mary Magdalene, as, as the first. And the first witness of the resurrection, right? But um, they do exactly what they were told to do, which is to go and tell. 
Unfortunately, they didn't believe, right? But they did what they were told to do by the angels. Go and tell them. In Luke 24, verses 10 through 12, it says, It was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the other women with them who told these things to the apostles, and their words seemed to, uh, <laughs> seemed to them like idle tales, and they did not believe. But Peter arose and ran to the tomb, and stooping down, he saw the linen cloths lying by themselves, and he departed marveling to himself at what had happened. I love that because that's typical of a man. It, we're hard-headed. Sometimes we have to hear it three, four times. And that's what's going to happen to these men. They're going to have to hear it a few times until eventually Jesus is just going to have to appear to them. But he, it says they seem like idle tales. Ah, man, I, I'm not sure. You probably saw something else. That's what they're, they're just kind of like, that's, we, we don't agree with what you're saying. But they go and check it out. And Peter goes, and I love that, in John chapter 20, verses 3 through 10, it says, Peter therefore went out and the other disciples and were going to the tomb. So they both ran together, and the other, tomb, uh, other disciple outran Peter and came to the tomb first, which is John. John's got some speed. Uh, and he's stooping down and looking in, saw the linen cloths lying there, yet he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came following and went into the tomb, and he saw the linen cloths lying there, and the handkerchief that had been around his head, now lying with the linen cloths, but folded together in its place by itself. Then the other disciples, uh, disciple who came uh, to the tomb first went in also, and he saw and believed, for as, it, uh, as yet they did not know the scripture. He must rise again from the dead. Then the disciples went, uh, went away again to their own homes. That's very important, that verse in verse 9. For as yet they did not know the Scripture. They didn't know the Scripture. They didn't remember that Jesus had told them, hey, I'm going <laughs> to rise. And, and it's important for us to, for, that we know the Scripture. That we, we have an understanding of it. Our foundation is built upon our, our, our walk and our relationship with Christ. It's not a religion. Don't treat it like a religion. Oh, I have to be at church. It's, that's not how it works. Let me tell you, if, you, if you're going to do that, where you go, well, i got to be at church. They're, they're going to church. I have to go to church. Man, it's, you, that's a hard heart. It is a relationship. You, you get to be and, and come to worship Christ. Like, like the Savior of the world, the, the, the person who created everything, God the Father and God the Son is saying, I want to be with you. And yet you're like, man, my life is too important. I ain't got time for all that. I don't need to know the scripture. I've already said the prayer. That's not how it works. It tells you very simply that, that in scripture it says that your repentance should do what? Bear fruit. Bear fruit. How do I know if you're walking with Christ? You're bearing fruit. Why do you want to be with a resurrected Christ and stay in your old life? What's the point? The disciples all leave. They go back to their homes, but... Mary remains. And man, if, if there's anything that you get from the Scripture today, you need to ask yourself, do I have the faith that these women have? They stayed for the crucifixion. The disciples were gone. They stayed for the burial. The disciples were gone. And here they are. Can't roll the stone away, but I'm, I'm going to get to my Jesus. Now the stone's rolled away. I've been told Jesus is alive. I'm going to tell. They do exactly what they're told. Then they come back. 
They go, but who stays? Mary. In John 20, verse 14, it says, Now when she said, uh, she had said these things, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there and, they, and did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? She supposing him to be a gardener and said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him and I will take him away. Do you know what I love about that? Jesus, the Son of God, who came to serve, not be served, who is he seen as? A gardener. Like this was his whole time here on earth as he just served everyone. And who did she see? A gardener. And Jesus said to her, Mary, and she turned and said, Rabboni, which is teacher. Jesus said to her, Do not cling to me, for I have not ascended to my Father. But go, my brethren, and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father and to my God and your God. So Mary remained, but now Mary is going to have to go and tell them. And so Mary, in verse 10, she went and told those who had been with him as they mourned and wept. And when they heard that he was alive and had been seen by her, they did not believe. They still don't believe. Can you imagine the great joy that you just saw Jesus? And, and you're going to tell people, and you have this great joy. And they look at you, and they're like, Psh. Do you understand that's how it is for us as Christians sometimes? We do something or we go, let me tell you something. I know when I give those gifts to those little kids that there's going to be joy on their face. And I may come and tell you, man, it was such a blessing to, to, to give kids these gifts. It was, I, I, I was blessed. And you'll have somebody go, Shh, in disbelief. <coughs> we can be that way when we think about the work of the Lord. Our hearts can get hard on it. That's why we're all supposed to be serving. We're all supposed to, to, to have a place. And, and I've told you all this before. I mean, we, we were short today. Court and Donna. Donna's in the hospital, and y'all need to continue to keep praying for her. And then Tony and Flora are out of town. And, and so we've been, we were shorthanded today. So that's why I was up here doing sound like I used to do. I don't mind doing that stuff. But at the end of the day, it's like we all have a place where we can serve either at church, but you can serve the community. You don't have to serve in the church. I don't know when that became a thing. I would rather you be in the community. You're going to reach more people in the community. You can go tell people about Jesus in the community more than you can in this building. Because most of you know Christ. You're just preaching to the choir. They didn't believe. They were living in fear. They were living in disbelief. They were confused. But let me tell you something, when we live our life as Christ, we allow the Lord to lead, we allow the Lord to show, and we allow the Lord to know that when we walk this walk, we live it in victory. There's our wonderful train. We walk it in victory. Why? Because He's risen. Death is defeated. And Jesus is about resurrecting our life. He doesn't want to leave you the same way you are. And so sometimes I was talking to somebody about radio, and, and, um, and he had a deep hurt. He had been dealt with racism in the, in the 70s. Hispanic guy, treated badly in the Army. And I know this is true because I was talking to Teresa's dad when he was alive, and he would tell me about it. And, and you think, you know, 70-something years old, you're pretty much right. You're good. Like, there's not much more growth that needs to happen. But God showed him there was a stone there. That there's this one area that needs to be resurrected. Because you're still hurt by that and you're carrying it. 
Can you imagine he's been carrying this since he was in his 20s? His 20s. He's 70, almost 50 years he's been carrying this. That pain, that hurt. That's not how well, God, God didn't resurrect, wasn't, didn't send his son to be resurrected to leave you the same way. There are going to be things, no matter how old you are, that God wants to grow you and remove things from your heart that have taken root, that have become bitter. And we need to be very careful of that. In verse 12, it says, And he appeared to another form of two, two of them, and as they walked, they went into the country, and they went and told it to the rest, but they did not believe, it, believe them either. Now, these two are actually in Luke chapter 24. And it's the, the two that were on the road to Emmaus. And I'll just read through these verses real quickly. It says, Now behold, in verse 13, Luke 24, 13, Now behold, two of them were traveling that same day in, in a village called Emmaus, which is seven miles from Jerusalem, and they talked together of all these things which had happened. So it was while they conversed and reasoned that Jesus himself drew near and went with them, but their eyes were restrained. So they did not know uh, him. And he said to them, What kind of conversation is this that you have with one another as you walk and, and are sad? And then the one uh, whose name was Cle Cleopas answered and said to him, Are you the only stranger in Jerusalem and have not known the things which had happened these, uh, there these days? And he said to them, What things? So they said to him, The things concerning Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet, mighty indeed, and word before God and all the people, and how the chief priest and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and be crucified. But we were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. Indeed, besides all of this, today is the third day, and since these things have happened. So you see, even in their minds, they were thinking that Jesus was coming to, to destroy Rome and take over Israel and lead Israel. So even in their minds, they still don't understand who Jesus is and why he came. Yes, and a certain woman of our company whom arrived in the tomb early astonished us. When they did not find his body, they came saying that they had also seen visions of angels who said he was alive. And certain of those who were with us went out of the tomb and found it just as, as the woman had said, but him they did not see. I love that. Why, do, why is that important? That tells you that Mary did exactly what Mary was supposed to do. And this is why you go and tell people, because look, they've told somebody, and us who grew up in the 90s, they tell two friends, and then they tell two friends, and they tell two friends. There used to be a commercial of that. But this is why us sharing and inviting people to church and sharing the gospel is so important. You never know how it's going to impact somebody. And he says in verse 25, Then he said to them, O foolish ones, and slow to heart to believe. And all, all that the prophets had spoken, ought not the Christ have suffered uh, these things? And to enter into his glory, and beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded them in all the scriptures these things concerning himself. Then they drew near to the village where they were going, and he indicated that he would, uh, would have gone farther. But they constrained him, saying, Abide with us, for it was, uh, it was toward evening, and the day is far spent. And he went into and stay with them. Now it came to pass as he sat at the table with them and, and took bread, blessed it, and, and broke it, and gave it to them. And then and their sights were opened, and they knew him, and he vanished right from their sight. 
And they said to one another, Did not our heart burn within us uh, while, while he uh, talked with us on the road and while he opened the scriptures to us? And so they rose up in the, that very hour and returned to Jerusalem and found the eleven. And those who were with them gathered together, saying, The Lord is risen indeed and has appeared to Simon. And they told, uh, they told about the things that had happened on the road and how he, he knew to them in the breaking of the bread. Did not our heart burn within us while he talked to us on the road, while he opened the scriptures to us? Is there an eagerness for you to open up the Word of God? Because when you, when you spend time in God's Word and you meditate on it, it's not knowledge. I want to make sure you, you learn stuff. Don't get me wrong, but it's not just, it's, it's about heart change. It's about application. And, and it, it is understanding like that our hearts should burn, like we should yearn to be with Jesus. They were like, man, my heart burned while we were with him, walking with him on the road. If you come to your word of God and you're just all angry and you plop the Bible down and you're like, oh, let me get to my scripture today. All right, I read my scripture. And you put it up. And there's no application. What are you doing? Again, you're, you're living a religion. You're just looking at it as things I got to do. And that's not what it is. It's not what it is. And we finally get to our last point as we look at sin. And I'll, I'll make sure I get through this quickly, I promise. In Mark 16, verses 14 through 20, it says, Later he appeared to the eleven, and they sat at the table, and he rebuked their unbelief and the hardness of heart, because they did not believe those who had seen him after he had risen. So even those two guys, they didn't believe them either. So the two men come and say, hey, we saw Jesus. They, they risked their life. They ran back to Jerusalem at night. On the road where they could have been destroyed easily. Kidnapped, robbed, left for dead. But they had to get back and tell the, tell the disciples. And I love this because Jesus rebuked their unbelief and hardness of heart. And let me tell you something. If you don't think that Jesus won't deal with your sin, oh, <laughs> you got another thing coming. He'll rebuke you. He doesn't want that hardness of heart to happen. Because once your heart gets hard, man, it gets calcified. And it's harder to break that stuff up. It gets harder to break that stuff up. And, and, but Jesus rebuked them. He's like, look, I sent people to you to tell you that I was risen. And you didn't believe. In verse 15, and he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. The creature actually is a, a term that was used in the Greek for a man that was converted from idolatry to Judaism. But a creature also means every living human you're supposed to go share the gospel with. And when he says go, it is a command for everybody that is a follower of Christ. It is not go for the pastor and you share the gospel. Or go for the worship leader and you share the gospel. It's, it's for everyone who, who claims to be a follower of Christ. Every one of us, go and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. You're being sent. And then he says in verse 16, He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who did not believe will be condemned. So when we look at this, he's, he's talking about the, the baptism. And um, baptism is just a demonstration of a, a saved life. And there are churches that actually believe that you have to... Now, how many of y'all were baptized as a kid? I was baptized as a kid. <laughs> 
It didn't mean anything. You didn't, see, see, when you're baptized as a follower of Christ, you're baptized because you're identifying with Jesus. And, and, and you're, it's an outward sign of an inward change. Meaning when you go into the water, all of your sin, all of your is, is in, and it gets cleansed, is death. You come out of the water, it's life. You're a new life, a new creation. But baptism doesn't save you. It doesn't. It, it, it's, it, because remember what I told you all, if it's Jesus plus, it's not. The only thing is Jesus. That's what saves us. That's what, that's what saves us. When he talks about, but he, will, but he who does not believe will be condemned. See, we love John 3.16, for God so loved the world, right? We, we hear that one all the time, but nobody reads 17 and 18. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned all. Because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. There's two states that we're in. You're either in the state of, I've chosen to follow Jesus, and you're on the narrow road. Or you're in the second state, which is, you're condemned. You're condemned. I remember the first time somebody tried to tell me, and I was like, I was 20-something years old. They were like, Mike, you're going to hell. And your family's going to hell, too. And they had to pull me off that guy. Because I was like, man, I, I, the whole day that guy had been beating me up with the Bible. And it's hard, Ben, because when you talk about condemn, meaning that, look, we're all born with this sin nature. Think about it. Who taught your children how to lie? You didn't. Grace is for She's already lying. She, said, she claimed that I ate all the gingerbread cookies. I was like, man, you gave me You gave me One. <laughs> one. No, Grandpa ate all the, and she's telling everybody. See, we're, we're born with that sin nature. So we're condemned whether you choose or not. See, until you choose to follow Christ, you're on the wide road. You're on the, the wide road. And, and remember, eternity is for everybody. But their eternal destinations are different. The wide road leads to hell. The narrow path, narrow road leads to eternal life with Jesus Christ. And that's why he says, look, if you, uh, you know, as he says in that scripture, that, that, but that the world through him might be saved. Like we all have free will. We all have the choice to choose to follow Jesus or not. But will you? Because if you go, look, the atheist will say, you know what, I don't believe in God. Condemned. He's already, the choice is made. But you know what, there are a lot of deathbed confessions made by atheists they choose to follow christ at the end but what a wasted life and there are people that say you know what i'm not even going to make a decision i'm young i want to live my life well you're you're what we call on the fence and let me tell you on the fence the devil owns the fence too you either follow god or you don't that's it jesus said to what deny yourself pick up your cross and follow me that's what we do and so we all have free will. Verse 17, and these signs will come, uh, will follow those believe, uh, who believe in my name. They will cast out demons. That's still being done today. Uh, matter of fact, Ryan Reese and them cast out one in, uh, in church in Mexico. The guy had been dabbling with some kind of satanic thing, and the, and the guy manifested into a demon in the middle of church, which makes you wonder there are people that are not 
that are there to disrupt God's word. They had to stop and start praying over the guy. So that happens today. They will speak with new tongues. That happens as well. People have the interpretation or they have the ability to speak in tongues. We know in, in Acts chapter 1, uh, they, they spoke in tongues at, at, uh, at Pentecost. Uh, it says, They will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it, it will by no means hurt them. And they will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. I had no clue I would have somebody from North Carolina as I talked about the Appalachians today. Because I'm from South Carolina. And we do the same thing in the churches in the, in the mountains. They handle snakes. I don't know why they do this. It's because of this scripture. We're, we're Southern. We're crazy. But can I tell you, there are a lot of priests or pastors that do this that have died. Because they think that they're going to, I can handle the snake and I won't die. And, and they try to test the Lord. And I would tell you, be very careful with that. We know that Paul, in Acts chapter 23, verse 3, when he was getting fire, had a viper latch onto him and he survived. Because he was told what? He was going to Rome. But we, be, we need to be very careful not to tempt, tempt God or test God, right? Because the devil tempted God. But we need to be very careful as followers of God not to test God. In Matthew chapter 4, verses 5 and 7, it says, The devil took him up to the holy city and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down. For it is written, He shall give his angels charge over you. And their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. And Jesus said to him, It is written again, You shall not tempt the Lord your God. So, did Daniel go lion hunting? No. Right? Don't tempt God. Don't go, you know what, I, God says I can drink this poison. Don't do that. God says I can grab these snakes. Don't do that. Don't tempt God. Don't test God that way. We have to be very careful. You know, it, it is, we see that that, that that happens. And it, unfortunately, there are actually churches in, in North Carolina, South Carolina that actually do that still. It's still practiced today. And there are still pastors that are, they had one die not too long ago that was 70-something years old. Grabbed a snake, boom, he's gone. Why? Don't do that stuff. We know that God will protect us according to what? His will. When we're serving who? Him. That's how we have to approach it. Now we know that laying on of hands of the sick, that they will recover. That still happens today as well. These things are still happening. These are things that are still being done in the Spirit of God. Through the Holy Spirit. They still happen. This is what Calvary Chapel needs to get, understand Calvary Chapel needs to get back to allowing the Holy Spirit to do the work within the body of Christ. We used to do afterglows. And afterglows, if there was somebody that could speak in tongues, there would be somebody there to interpret. You'd have a word from the Lord. You know, these are things that, that the movement of the Jesus movement, that movie's going to be coming out. And Miss Elva had a great idea. We're all going to go see it together. Okay? I'm going to make sure we all get tickets. We're all going to go see it. It comes out, I think, in February. And it talks about the Jesus Revolution and Chuck Smith and revival that swept across the United States and then on to the world. And we believe that it will happen again. Verse 19 says, So then after the Lord had spoken to them, he who has received up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God, and they went out, and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them, confirming the word through the accompanying signs. Amen. In Romans chapter 11, 
8, verse 11, it says, But if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He who has raised Christ from the dead will also give life to uh, your mortal bodies through His Spirit who dwells in you. We have the power of the Holy Spirit that guides and directs us. You can go ahead and come on up, sir. The thing that we have to ask ourselves, if we've encountered the risen Jesus, is your life still the same way? Right? Uh, you know, because we're, we're supposed to be walking in victory. We should be a new creation. You shouldn't look the same. There should be change. I would like to thank you for taking time to listen to our broadcast. This is uh, Pastor Michael Petit from Calvary Chapel, Divine, Texas. If you're someone like me who is, uh, listens to a lot of podcasts, you can also listen to us on Spotify, TuneIn Radio, Audible, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and SoundCloud. Pretty much wherever you can find a podcast, just type in Calvary Chapel uh, Divine and you'll, you'll be able to track us down. And lastly, I just wanted to invite you out to church. Uh, we are a casual church that meets in a non-traditional building, uh, meaning that we meet at the VFW 3966 on West College Avenue, big white building right next to the, the post office. Uh, if you want to get more information about our church, if you need to ask uh, some questions or you even need prayer, just go to calvarydivine.org. And uh, we want to thank you again just for listening to this broadcast of Calvary Chapel Divine Texas, Sun, Salt, and Light Radio. God bless you. Have a good one.